This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. It's great to, to be here this morning. And um, we, for those of you who have been are visiting us, we've been busy with a series on the book of Ephesians. And so we're jumping one chapter, and then uh, Pastor George will share next week on chapter 5 again. So, we, so I'm going to share on chapter 6 this morning, and um, there's a lot we can share, but I'm going to more preach than teach this morning. So if that's all right with you, because I'm sort of halfway between Nepal and, and here. <clears throat> we just came back yesterday morning very early, and um, yeah, it's, it's so amazing to see what God is doing all across the church and all across the world and that we can be part of that of what he is doing and um, I'm gonna just pray and then we're gonna go for it are, are you ready are you are you excited to be here this morning I'm, hallelujah father we thank you Lord for life we thank you that we can eat meat and love life and enjoy you every day Lord and just in the fullness of your life know that you are in charge and that you are God and that you're sovereign we thank you for your word that brings life and light it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path we need your word we need your spirit to guide us and to lead us into all truth this morning in Jesus name amen okay so um, thank you for all those who prayed um, so we flew up to Delhi and then very excited and planning all this stuff so for 10 days we're going to visit all the churches so the guy who organized this stuff in delhi um now delhi in india is a bit different so i'm sharing a testimony as we're going to go and it's going to link on a little bit to what we're sharing this morning on in ephesians chapter 6 and so um so we get to delhi and then he's organized the transport so we drive up to the border of nepal and nepal is sort of north of india uh, next to Tibet, or Tibet is on the north, and China on the north. It's a, it's sort of a, a country in the 1040 window, and so we've organised sort of what we can. We've organised with some of the pastors that that we obviously um, have relationship with to just go and visit them, see how they're doing, bless them, encourage them. And so the the first challenge is the morning when we got there, the evening we arrived. The next morning, the guy who organised everything, so. He comes to the hotel, the bus is there, we're in the bus, and I realize, but he hasn't got his bags with him. So I'm thinking like, okay, this is weird now, has he got no, because he, he's going to travel with us all the way, and because um, I've never traveled that specific road up from Delhi, especially in India to the north, and so um, so he says, his first words, you can ask Ruben here and, and, and Richard, so he says, um, now there's been some trouble because of a, a, a mission guy that that has been reaching out that got killed i don't know if you know but there's still lots of tribes in those areas especially with the islands that are unreached there's cannibals they and um there's a specific missionary uh, american missionary that got killed uh, about a week before we arrived with uh, bows and arrows they, they shot him dead on as he tried to reach out to the to the island the sentinel island stuff and so the guy we worked with is is connected to these people and so because of the trouble and all that stuff to make a long story short as as he came to pick us up the morning he says well i'm not going to go with you guys anymore you you're on your own um because he can't get into nepal because of some some challenges there because of his connections and um 
And so I think, okay, wonderful. Here we go. We in a little bus up to the north, and here we, we have to drive all this way, and we haven't driven this road before. So I didn't tell the team, but I was thinking like, okay, this is going to be crazy. But the Lord just said, do you trust me? Do you actually trust me that if I've sent you, if I've commissioned you to actually stand in that space? So here we go, driving on our own. Uh, I think it was 1,500 kilometers, so it's from here to the other side of Bloemfontein, it took us about 50 hours. So our average was about 30 kilometers an hour. So you must know the roads wasn't so good. But so the evening we arrived like almost two hours late at the border between India and Nepal. And so now we have a driver and he doesn't understand English. He just, whatever you ask him, he says just, okay, okay. And then he goes, you know. <laughs> and you think like, okay, okay. So now we stop there in the middle of nowhere. And we just pray, and I said, okay, Lord, I don't have a clue. We're late, the borders are closed, and all this stuff. And the next moment, the driver, he walks out, and 20 minutes, and we eat like, and we're sitting there in the dark, and the next moment, they open up the gate, and here we go. So I don't know where we are. It's not familiar. And the next moment, we find ourselves driving on a train bridge. This 150 meters train bridge. So now we're driving, and I realized, but this isn't normal. This isn't the normal crossing into a country <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> so I just get this picture of the movie that this train is coming right at us with the lights, and we're sitting in this little trucky, you know, Mahindra thing, and we haven't got a clue, you know? So now we goof, 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 go, and we're driving here in the middle of nowhere across this river stuff, and I'm thinking, oh, no, we're going to be locked up, you know? All your fears come, you're faced with all this stuff. And so eventually we stop on the other side. I don't know where we are, and the driver is out there again. And so now I'm thinking like, oh, crazy. So he comes out, and now with this little this house next to the road. But now we're already into Nepal, and we're thinking like, sure. And I'm just praying, I say, Lord, we're going to be locked up here. I don't know what's going on. And the next moment, this guy, the one guy calls us, and he says, no, there's an official. So this guy opens up the Indian side, and he gets us, you know, because now we obviously need stamps. I'm thinking we're already in Nepal, and we don't have stamps to get in there, so they're really going to lock us up. But so, so, um, so we just saw the Lord's favor so much. So this guy, Indian guy, comes out, he gives us all the stamps, no bribes, hallelujah, no bribes. You know, then we drive over and we get to this first part and the police stops us, the Nepal police, because now we haven't been to the, the side of the Nepal side, you know, and because there you also need to like go through immigration. So the police guy says, no, go back, go to the immigration office and there's, we arrive there and there's nobody. And after five minutes, two immigration officers come, they lock, they open up the immigration office just for us. That's now two hours after the border has been closed and they give us all the papers give us the visas all that stuff and we're sitting there and we still don't know where these people came from i don't know if it was angels or whatever but we got the official stamps we the immigration office opened up and then i realized like if god wants you to go somewhere he will open up an immigration office two, two and a half hours later because uh, to on a friday night to get people come and open up after hours immigration office i've never heard of something like that have you heard of something like that you know and uh, and then we know knew we in you know so hallelujah god just does miracles i still don't know if it was angels i still don't know where this train bridge came from i hallelujah but just if god goes before you he opens the door i mean <laughs> thank you for your enthusiasm but i was very enthusiastic you know but um but in ephesians chapter 6 i i think sometimes we we, especially in the West, we don't realize that we are spiritual beings. And, and 
Paul writes this after he's written right at the beginning of Ephesians of our position in Christ and the, that place that we occupy in the spiritual realm. Um, then he comes to Ephesians 6, and I'm going to just take a couple of verses that we are so familiar with, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and it's, it's almost going to feel to you like, hey, I'm, I'm in holiday season, I'm, going to think, I'm thinking about holiday now, but, but you can't think about just holiday if, you, if you're a spiritual being. I mean, hello, <laughs> you can't switch off from the Lord. <laughs> uh, and that doesn't mean we're in performance orientation, but, but Paul writes sort of like here in verse 10, he says, finally. He sort of wants to make a statement that is very important. He, um, he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's a command. He says, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> And in the power of his might. He says, after he said all this stuff, and he became very practical in chapter 4 and 5, we're going to see next week, but about how families should run and a lot of stuff. But he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong. He says, to be a Christian is not for sissies. It's not just another club I join. You have to be strong. You have to realize that you have to stand and you have to be strong and in the power of his might. And now he begins to go and he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I think almost I have this picture that once you put on your spiritual armor, that you just go run out there and fight and swing the sword and go like, doo -doo -doo -doo, boom, zzz, 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 you know, get you out there. But once you've put on the armor, the Bible says, do one thing, stand. It doesn't say fight. It says stand. So, so he says, Paul writes and he says, look here, we can talk about all the natural stuff, but there's a spiritual battle in the heavenlies. There's a spiritual battle over Stellenbosch. There's a spiritual battle over South Africa. There's a spiritual battle over the nations. There, and, and now he begins to explain four different dimensions, and we don't have time to go into that. But he says, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Your, your opposition is not people. Sometimes you're going to go into a situation and people are going to be nasty with you, but it's not people. It's not that. Your battle as a Christian is not against people. It's not against institutions. It's not against stuff. It's against spiritual hosts. So some of us, we are blinded because we don't know that stuff doesn't just happen to you. God sometimes designs stuff to make you grow up as a Christian. But there's a lot of stuff that you have to stand against. <laughs> Every day when you w walk out that front door, there's a stand you have to take. It's not just easy and it's not just going to come your way. I think too many people preach a gospel where they say like, oh, you know, go, go to Nepal or go to that place. And it's going to be so amazing. No, it was crazy, I tell you. Eating no meat and curry and not sleeping, you know, for... 10 days in a row, you know, one night we woke up, now we're there in the eastern part, and, and I wake up at 2 a.m., but there's the sound of these 
ape screaming, but it's demonic sounds. I've never heard something in that like I just want to get up and say, let's get out of here. 2 a.m. till 4 a.m., two nights in a row. These demons manifest. The, first, the dogs barked for an hour, and then the next moment, these screaming, screeching sounds that you cannot describe to somebody of this place that we're sleeping, this place that we're sleeping in. And I'm thinking like, whoa, this feels like hell, you know? <laughs> but hey, we're just going on a nice mission trip for Jesus, you know? But then if, you, if you're not sober, if you're not focused, then you're going to feel intimidated by things that sometimes happen around you. But there's a spiritual battle, and this is what Paul is writing. He says, you have to be strong in the Lord. There's some stuff happening in your family. There's some stuff happening over our nation now. And if the church of Jesus Christ does not wake up in South Africa, hey, we're going to be in trouble. It's now time for the church's voice to be heard. And in the spiritual realm, not trying to fight stuff in the natural all the time. Sometimes we have to, but there's a spiritual battle. And I know some of you think like, oh, don't talk to me about a spiritual battle. I'm just thinking about my holiday. <laughs> but how many times do we walk into a place and then, you know, we, we let our spiritual gods down. And then the devil comes in, then we want to blame God. <laughs> we want to say, oh God, why didn't you? But that's why Paul writes, your battle is not against flesh and blood. But these powers and these principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual of a host of wickedness. I don't know, you know, I think a couple of weeks I told you that many times when we at the office over weekends, you know, the spiritual people of darkness, they operate. We found satchels of blood next to the office, you know. We found like the Hare Krishnas and everybody over weekends, they come there to the office and then they do their stuff. They wake up 2 a.m. in the morning and they go for it, you know. Because there's a... Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.